It's longer time. Yay! Yay. Lager Time, Poems, Stories and Thoughts, by me, Paul Cree, who else? Greetings, bonjour, what's happening? Welcome to Lager Time, fellow patrons of the Lager Nation, as we unwind let the lager flow and free our collective minds or some such bollocks. Yes, indeed. Apologies for the short absence these last few weeks. I didn't quite anticipate it being this long, but here we are. Such is life. I am at times a little disorganised, but I've also been pretty busy. There's been a lot of back and forth to London days at a time meaning I'm away from my little home studio. There's been a couple of funerals two weeks in a row, which have both been on a Friday, which is normally my day for putting the podcast out. So I'm sure you all understand. So what have I been doing? A couple of weeks back, I had the pleasure of working at the Battersea Arts Centre, a place which I've done lots of stuff over the last 14 years mate it was the place i first got involved in theater had my first professional performing jobs as well as my first jobs my first assistant roles doing workshops met comrade murray etc etc so i was back working with the almighty beatbox academy who i've worked with on and off for many years it was the opening week for their latest show pied piper which is a retelling of the classic story as a hip-hop musical. Sounds is all beats, bars, and a lot of singing and some pretty sublime harmonies and melodies. All the sounds are made on stage by the cast, and it's pretty damn good. Comrade Murray, who is the creator of the show and co-director with Rhea Parry. Con is a good pal of mine. We set up beats and elements together 10 years ago now. And I know all the cast too, some of which are good friends of mine. Yes, I'm biased, but the show is a banger, mate. Fun for all the family. The whole run sold out and it's had some really good reviews so far. And it now goes on tour. Next stop, Canterbury, if you're down there. So there's a part of the show which involves some of the younger members of the Academy, which I was co-leading on. It was fun, got to go on stage twice a day to packed out audiences who were having a great time. It was a fun week. I also stepped up and performed at the Anti-Slam, which is a tongue-in-cheek satirical take on a poetry slam. It was at the very cool Pleasance Theatre in London. The night itself was really fun. My bit could have gone better, to be honest. I really enjoyed writing it and learning it, but I don't think it landed that well on the night. Oh well, sometimes you try these things. I think also some of the other acts were simply very good. Large up Karim Parkins-Brown, who won on the night and was very entertaining. I also this week passed my driving test. So well done me. First time and all that. 40 years old, mate. 
think got a bit lucky means I've got to, got to get a little motor now uh, and generally become a bit more useful to my wife and my family, which is good, I hope. All right, so on to this week's little young unprofessional piece. It's the final piece in this first little foray into doing this stuff. It's called Just Another Date. Little wordplay there. I managed to sneakily record it on Tuesday, but my little doggies were making a lot of noise, just as they were a second ago, which you may hear on the recording. I've enjoyed doing this. I don't know if anyone else has, though. But, you know, I'm only doing this because I like doing it. I want to take a bit of time now and go back through them, look at the form of it, uh, so I see what I can do more of, etc. I've got a few older pieces in the Reese character canon, <laughs> which I might record and put out for posterity purposes. But we'll see, mate. As ever, everything on here is a work in progress, like my anti-slang gig. Some things work, some don't. That's the game, mate. In the meantime, I've been slowly adding old poems and lyrics, complete with video or audio, onto my website. If you fancy taking a look, paulcreed.co.uk forward slash lyrics and poems. Some more links below to support my work or in the podcast description. That's it for now. I'll be back with something probably in a couple of weeks' time. Until then, keep it larger than life. Peas and taters, Paul. So we'd agreed a Thursday for the date with Alice. Date. Can't believe I'm actually saying that. What happened to just having a drink? Going for a drink? Anyway, it was a Thursday. Have that, Stuart. A Thursday. Priorities, mate. Be at one cocktail bar in Holborn. Despite vowing to not tell anyone... I told pretty much everyone, which totals about seven people. Such as to say, whilst I was making my way there, I received three text messages all wishing me good luck. Even Diane from work sent me one. Diane? Was she hinting at... Nah. Do people do that before someone goes on a date though? 
Surely for some cosmopolitan young 20-something Londoner, especially a geezer who probably does this type of thing all the time, they don't get those sort of messages, do they? It was hard not to read too much into these texts. It felt as if they were saying, Reese, we don't know how this happened or how desperate this person is, but you're going on a date. Good luck, son. You'll need it. But it did make me realise I probably shouldn't have told anyone. Probably. I was a bit embarrassed. I don't like drawing attention to myself like that. It's a bit exposing. Even Gary sent me a good luck message. Of sorts. It said, Do the business, mate. You can't be a notch your whole life. He meant well. I went straight from work. Got changed in the Kazi. Took off my work shirt and changed into a long sleeve dark blue one that I bought in Top Man. Kept my work trousers and shoes on. I guess I looked kind of smart. It was about as smart as I'd get. Ideally, I'd at least have the Air Max on and maybe a Lacoste polo. Let her know, no, I've got that street geezer edge. Little bit hip-hop, little bit football casual. But I was worried this bar would have a dress code. Fucking dress codes. I didn't want to be late, so I got there early. Like, really early. and walked over to the bar. I don't normally go in cocktail bars, only really when I'm on dates or birthday parties. I don't really go on dates and don't have that many mates, so I don't really go in cocktail bars unless it's some work do. Basically, I don't go in cocktail bars. I looked inside and it was packed full of young 20s and 30s types, some in couples, some in groups, some looking like the post-work crowd, still boozing. I figured it was too early to go in, especially on my ones, so I bought round to the Crown, safer ground where I'd met that prick Stuart Simons a few weeks before, he who put me onto this Gumtree online dating caper. It had come full circle. Look at me now, Stuart. I've made it. I'm on a date. You can't laugh at me now. And I've still got your Spider-Man game on the PS1. I'm going to make love to this girl with that on in the background on pause just looping. And what, bruv? He's a prick. But I guess he had done something good here. Alice seems really nice, from the computer anyway. And she's a teacher with like a proper job, a career. I'm probably out of my depth here. There was a lot at stake. I was excited and nervous and anxious. I've been thinking about it all day, all week. I pretty much did nothing back at work, which is only slightly less than what I normally do. I got a pint of that Alpine lager in. Told myself I had time to kill, so sip it slow. Yeah, something else must have kicked in and overrode that internal command because I did it in about four gulps without even noticing. It's like I couldn't help myself, like my right hand was a magnet to the glass and my elbow was automated to go up and down and I didn't know where the off button was. It just goes down too easy. I was trying to read a copy of the Metro on the table, but no words were going into my brain. Just staring at a picture of Frank Lampard celebrating a goal for Chelsea. I wonder what Frank Lampard would be doing in my position. All I could think about were various scenarios of me impressing Alice with my suave, free spirit creative vibes. 
but with the coating of a geezer who's got a bit about him. Not some posh kid who writes poetry on a tree protest. Obviously. She needed to know that I was a good guy, but I weren't no melt, like Stuart Simons or any of his London mates. Three pints later, and I had half an hour before we were due to meet. I was gassed up and already fizzing with that lager buzz, feeling good, but also like I shouldn't have drunk all that booze. A few burps slipping out, worried that I might already be crossing that threshold when talk just goes into turbo breeze and I'm spouting hot air like a malfunctioning kettle close to boiling point or more like implosion. I slipped into the Kazi for a pack cash and a sneaky spray of a Hugo Boss miniature that I bought off Kemmel from work. He had a load of them, so I bought a set. Some mate of his that worked in duty free or something was getting job lots of them. Whilst I was washing my hands, I noticed the Johnny machine. Up until that point, the thought of banging, sleeping together, hadn't even occurred to me. I'd been pretty much entirely focused on hoping she was cool whilst not making a complete dickhead out of myself, which I was at permanent risk of doing. It had been a good while since I'd even got close to a chick like that, for even a kiss, let alone anything else. What was I meant to do here? I certainly wasn't planning on bangs. I felt lucky enough to even have a toenail on the door with a chick, a girl, a female, a lady, a woman, with a job and a career and opinions and a sense of humour who seemed really nice and funny. This was far from a sealed deal. Yet, what am I meant to do here? There's clearly some sort of rules to this caper, rules which have passed me by. If it went well and things heated up a bit, she might think I was naive if I didn't have them, or reckless. But then if I did, she might think I'm too presumptuous, arrogant even, disrespectful. I didn't want to be any of those things. This debacle was stressing me out. I stood there by the sink and wondered if many a geezer had been in this predicament. Like Frank Lampard, where whatever you did, you were probably going to get it wrong. I thought about texting Gary, but then I knew what he would likely say. I had no idea what Frank Lampard would say, probably some football platitude about the lads putting in a good shift. So I rung Stuart. He laughed a bit and told me to buy them, just to be on the safe side, figuratively and literally. Good advice, I thought. And despite being a melt, he seemed to have done alright with the ladies of late. It's like he came into his own at uni or something. Lord knows how. He played Warhammer when we were kids. Not even I had the temerity to do that. Though I can't lie, I was tempted. So I bought a pack of Johnnies. The process of popping a couple of nuggets in the machine and the packet coming out made me feel good. Like a man or something. Sort of. I actually had a reason to be buying Johnnies for once. I was hoping another geezer would come in the Kazi, like Frank Lampard, and see me buying the Johnnies like it's nothing, and give me that nod of respect. Not like back when we were teens and we would take turns to buy them in the shopping centre toilets, fill them up with water and throw them off the top floor. I stuck the rubbers in my pocket, which left a bit of a bulge, but I had nowhere else to put them. Bowled out that Kazi, 
three points in, a bit lagged up, Johnny's in my pocket, wearing that alpha male swag like I just loaned it from a fancy dress shop. Felt good though, even if I had no idea what the fuck I was doing. Being half cut at least made me forget how woefully unprepared I was for any of this. Alice sent me a text saying she was running late. I could deal with that, I thought, and my fears were numbed enough from those pre to step into the cocktail place on my Jack Jones. And she messaged me, which to me was a good sign she hadn't ghosted me yet, like that time in year nine when Natalie Longdon agreed to go to the cinema with me but never turned up, and I stood outside the ABC for two hours. It looked like a few of the post-work boozers had cleared out as a couple of tables had come free. Stepped up to the bar, picked up a menu and looked at it for all of about 10 seconds. There were multiple cocktails on there, none of which I knew what they were. And I didn't have the patience to read the ingredients, so I got another pint in. They had Cronenberg on tap, which considering I was three pints in on an empty stomach, weren't the best idea. Cronenberg was in the Naughty Club, up there with Stella, personal favourite of mine. But I knew to tread carefully. I had a penchant for the Naughty Lagers, but I'd gotten myself in trouble on those many, many times before. But there were other forces at work here. Familiarity won out, revealing I know nothing about cocktails. Or much else for that matter. I sat, or perched like a budgie on this awkwardly high stool by the awkwardly high tiny round table. Who actually wants to sit at these? They're so uncomfortable. I took regular small sips of the pint and kept the phone in my hand, routinely reading the messages she sent me, nodding my head along to the generic house music, which was just about at background level that no one else was listening to. I'd gone from feeling alright to shaking and I couldn't stop tapping my foot to the point where I wobbled the table and spilled a bit of the pint which went on my hand and on my shirt. I managed to get some napkin from the bar to wipe off the booze, some of which had also gone on my phone when Alice rang me. Shit. I sort of panicked and said, Hello? A voice going up an octave. I could make out a female voice with a slight northern accent saying, I'm here. Where are you? I look up. And no more than 10 metres away is this small, petite girl with dark blonde hair with glasses, shoulder length, wearing a cream jacket with a big clutch bag on her shoulder, blue jeans, flat Converse trainers, standing there on her phone, looking around. She looked alright. Bit small, but shit, alright mate. And she's wearing trainers. Should have worn mine. I, I think I can see you. I said, napkin stuck to my arm, which I'd just realised. She turns round and sort of clocks me and walks forward. I unstuck the tissue, awkwardly climbed off my perch to greet her. She looked kind of tentative walking towards me. Fair enough, I'm a stranger, you don't 
know me, etc. I might be a nonce or something, which I'm not, obviously. Or wait, maybe it's not that obvious. Shit, I hope not. But she don't know that I'm not a nonce, so she was tentative. Nervous. Like me. Maybe she's a nonce. As she's walking towards me, I'm thinking, what do I do here? Is this a handshake thing? A hug thing? A kiss on the cheek thing? A two kiss on the cheek thing? What would Frank Lampard do? Before I knew it, I'd gone in for some clumsy hybrid of a handshake and a hug and almost fell into her. I got close enough to know that her head pretty much sits just under my chest and that she smelled nice. Even if she did have to lean back to avoid me crashing into her, Sorry, I said. I weren't quite sure what to do there. She laughed, though, and said, <laughs> Hello, I'm Alice. It was a nervous laugh, but, you know, understandable. It's all right, she said. We can hug. And we hugged, and she still smelt nice. As first impressions go, I don't think I was doing that well. She had to climb a bit to get on the stool and laughed while doing it. Do I laugh here? It's kind of funny. Is that appropriate? That would draw attention to her petiteness, and I don't think I'd earned that right yet. But we get into the small talk anyway. How's your journey and your day so far and all that caper? I can do that bit but I could already hear the wind chimes indicating that I could unleash a whirlwind of turbo breeze at any minute and talk a load of complete bollocks, scaring her away. Had a cursory glance at my pint and I was already two-thirds down. Do you want a drink? I said. She said yes, please, and asked me to choose her a cocktail. That's a good sign, right? Bit flirty, but shit, she's going to realise I know nothing about cocktails. I came back with a Long Island iced tea because that's the only one I'd heard of. She looked surprised and went, Okay, that's a strong one. Not sure what that meant though, but I don't think it was good. But maybe not. At the bar I spied they had bottles of Peroni, so I downgraded myself to that. I had to keep the storm at bay, otherwise all hell would break loose and I was already close. I was at the four-pint threshold with no food and a big potato sack of nerves raging through me. This was a terrible combination. This was going to take all my mental powers to hold it together. She seemed a bit reserved and was looking around a bit whilst we were talking. This wasn't a good sign. I was trying to compensate this with more chat, which was increasingly looking like and sounding like bollocks. However, I'd noticed that she had a slight northern accent and asked her where she was from. She seemed receptive to this question and told me she was from some town in Lancashire, which she said was a bit of a dump but didn't mind it as that's where she grew up. I respected that. Came to London for uni and stayed ever since. I then got her talking about her job and what she liked about it, which was good because it meant I wasn't talking and I knew a little bit about teaching so I could chime in here and there. She genuinely seemed to love her job, some little primary school in Notting Hill and the more she talked, the more cool she seemed. She had a lovely smile, slight gap between the teeth but it was cute and her hair flicked around a little bit when she talked. Not the best looking chick ever but you know, she was alright. 
and who am I? Shinden asked me the same question. I guess that's what this game is. When you're both a bit nervous and trying to be polite, you ask each other questions and while they're talking to you, you try and think of something witty to say whilst also trying not to be a dickhead, which for me was proving very, very difficult. I told her about Newtown and growing up there and never really doing much. So you just came to London then? No uni? Pretty much, I said, expecting to think I was some kind of loser. From the sounds of it, where she's from, geezers like me don't leave, at all. Which was a bit like Newtown, I guess. I am a bit different in that respect. Good for you, she said. Uni was the only way I was ever going to get out. We get on to the next drink. I'm just about holding back the drunkenness. I think she could tell. Shouldn't have been late then, Alice. She has a martini this time and buys some crisps, which was a touch, as I think I needed some kind of sandbag in my liver to absorb some of the booze. I could see she was relaxing a little bit more. This was good. But I noticed her at the bar, texting. And she frowned. Who though? She came back with a smile of sorts and the crisps. So where's your favourite place to go on holiday then? She said as she awkwardly climbed back on the stool. Bollocks. I could lie here, but... Fuck it. I haven't been on holiday in years, I said. We used to go to Sands when I was a kid. Had a couple of lads holidays which, to be honest, were a bit shit. Just got sunburned and spent loads of money. She laughed at that. I've never been there, but I think I'd like to see the Middle East, maybe. Like, all of it. Iraq, Israel, Iran, Syria, I don't know. Never been to any of them. Interesting. How come, she said. I don't know. Something about the region interests me. Like what? She said. Really looking at me. Maybe she thought I was bullshitting and making it up. I couldn't hold her stare for long. I just looked at the beer mat. I don't know. Three of the world's major religions are from there. In that one little spot on the map. So much of what we know. The old spice rows and the ancient civilizations and all of that. Oh, I don't know. Maths and science and discoveries. So much stuff. And other stuff. Just find it interesting. It's like the middle of the world or something. Okay, not quite the answer I'd expected, but fair enough. You asked me a question. Go on. Shit, she was taking the control, and I had no idea what to ask. Um, do you like music? He laughed again. That's a rubbish question. You've already asked me that in one of your messages. Oh yeah. She laughed again. Also, who doesn't like music? I don't know, I said. There's bound to be some perverts out there who don't. She laughed again. Perverts? Shit, I'm not even trying to make her laugh here, but she's laughing. Is she laughing at me, though? My dad doesn't really like music. You calling him a pervert? What? Nah, nah, um, no. It's all right. I'm just teasing you. He is a pervert. Really? Oh, right. Of course he's not. I'm just teasing you again. Oh, okay. Jesus, she was playing me. I was all over the place. 
Okay, next question then. Um, uh, who's your favourite celebrity? Oh, another corker of a question there, Reese. Sorry. Stop saying sorry. I'll answer it though. Gloria Estefan. Me and mum love her. Sometimes we stand in the kitchen and sing Rhythm Is Gonna Get You. Mainly when dad is out as he hates it. So what about you then? I hate these questions. I had no idea what to say. Um, Frank Lampard? The footballer? Yeah. Why? Uh, he's uh, a good player. A, a role model. Kind of there when I need him. Sort of. I've no idea what that meant. Why did I say that? She laughed again, looked at me for a few seconds, then checked the time on her phone, looking a bit more anxious. We chatted a bit more. I talked this time about my family. Tanya, who's a cousin, my job. She seemed more and more occupied, though, and checked her phone again. Do you want another drink? I said. Nah, you're all right. I've got to head off. It's almost ten, and I'm up up early, so if you don't mind, I'm going to say goodbye. Shit. Suddenly her demeanour had changed a bit. I think she'd seen through me. Ah, oh, no worries. I should probably get off myself as well. I've enjoyed it though. Yeah. She said unconvincingly whilst climbing down off her chair and opening her handbag. I got myself up to sort of see her off with no idea what to do. So I tried to play it cool and look like this is all fine, you know, business as usual. But suddenly feeling awkward. And before I knew that automated arm was doing its own thing again and had reached into my pocket for my Oyster card and without thinking pulled out my wallet and a pack of Johnnies and plonked them on the table before I could even register what I was doing. She looked at them with a sort of bemused look. I didn't know what to say. Uh, shit, sorry. She looked at me. What are you sorry about? She carry those all the time. I didn't mean to get those out. I wasn't suggesting anything. I forgot they were in there. Do you want me to walk with you to the tube station? She ignored the question. Do you always get those out on first dates? N no. I, I didn't know what to do. My mate advised me to get them just in case. This wasn't going well. Just in case what? She seemed pissed off now. And who is this mate? Frank Lampard? Why was she bringing Frank into this? He didn't do anything. I didn't say anything. And then in some sort of desperation repeated, Do you want me to walk you to the station then? No, I'm fine, thank you. It was nice meeting you. No kiss, no hug, no handshake. She just turned and walked off, didn't even look back. I slumped back down, elbow on the tables, head in hands. I blame Stuart. Dickhead. I was blasting out broken wings again on the train home, did the routine, got off, kebab, smashed that sauce on my chin, back to the flat, straight to bed. I wasn't going to, 
as I knew it was a lost cause, but decided to send her a text message and apologise for my clumsiness. Explained that I didn't really know what the correct thing to do was, so I was just being precautious. She didn't reply. Next day at work, Diane weren't in and I was low down enough on most people's priority list to not give a shit about the fact that I'd gone on a date so no one asked me, which was a good thing. I'd come to the conclusion that the whole date was a little bit like a Division 2 side getting a plum cup match against a Premier League outfit. Of course, I was the underdog going into it, no one expecting me to actually do anything, just hoping for some of that cup magic. Held my own for a bit, showed a few glimpses of something and then eventually collapsed. Standard, I suppose. Got to about 5pm. Whilst pretending to look at this customer, my phone vibrates and it's Alice. She said sorry she'd not replied and don't worry about the whole thing. She said she'd had some bad family news whilst we were there and said she'd overreacted a bit, was a bit upset and maybe in a few weeks, did I want to go out again? Yeah. Sick. I didn't know what to do here. I mean, obviously my answer was yes, but like, when do I respond? Leave it a couple of days? What would Frank Lamp off? Fuck it. No worries, I said. And yes, I'd like that. Speak to you soon. Reese.